What is going on? Welcome to the King's Lab podcast. My name is Matt. This is Kevin. Kev, I think you were onto something last time. Every time we do a podcast, it seems to swing the pendulum in one direction or the other. And it wasn't good last time. It is good now. But I mean, I, th- I think you were onto something with your theory. Well, I mean, we purposely waited an extra week because we were seeing if it would work. And <laughs> maybe it's not us because there, we've lost the last. There two. is some <laughs> truth to that. I mean, also, we've been really busy lately. But when you texted me, I had mentioned something like, well, maybe let's see if this win streak plays out a little bit before we record and, and jinx the team. But no, I mean, seven and three since the last podcast, uh, unfortunately looking like that might become seven and four as we're currently trailing against the Milwaukee Bucks in the fourth quarter right now. But uh, overall, good things uh, sitting at 22 and 27, just a game back from the Warriors right now who are, have lost seven of their last 10 while we have won seven of our last 10. Keep losing Warriors. Yeah, help us out. So uh, overall, pretty good things. But um, so April, April 15th, right? They're going to allow in, in the state of California, they will allow indoor arena sports activities to resume. Uh, they'll let fans in again. So um, yeah, the Kings released a statement. I'm not 100% sure if they're going to open on April 15th. Our first home game after April 15th, I think April 20th or April 21st. So hopefully wow. they, okay. they're ready to go with whatever the plan is. Uh, you had the percentages earlier. Yeah, I think it was 10% initially based on the tier that we're currently in. It's kind of confusing, but then there was something along the lines of if everybody's vaccinated and can show verification of that, that it would increase to like 25% or something at some point. So uh, what I what I read, which may or may not have been accurate, was that it was going to initially be 10%, which with the opportunity to increase with proof of vaccination and as the tiers change and stuff like that. But hey, fans is a step in the right direction, right? Absolutely. I mean, that that's exciting. Uh, I feel like fans add just another dynamic and element to to sports in general, but specifically to basketball. You know, it's an indoor sport, so I think having the live fans there makes a big difference. Yeah, and I and and who knows if we're pushing for the playoffs, it might be the 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 extra little nudge we need to pull but, out a fourth quarter victory. Yeah, that's a good point because the Kings have always been known for having good fans and loud fans and so that could be the little boost that we need. I, do you think it'll be an adjustment for players to go back to playing with fans again? I don't know. Like that's that's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a couple of, you know, there's been some states that have allowed 25% capacity this year and so like I'm thinking of the Floridas, I think Texas was allowing some and it looks like they're still pretty far back from the players. I want to say there's there's a decent space. So, uh I think it'll just be new noise. It won't be artificial noise. It'll be more real Yeah, noise. it'll be accurate noise and it won't be the same as it was before. So, it's not like they're going from zero fans to like, you know, 20,000 or something yeah. like that, but um, no, that, that's still, that's still exciting though. I'm excited. Hopefully we can go out to a game at some point. Is there anything else? Um, I mean, there's probably many things, but off the top of your head, other than fans being back in the arena, what's the number one thing that you're looking forward to as the state starts to open up a little bit again, and we kind of head towards, you know, what used to be considered normal life <laughs> before, before COVID hit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think being a dad of young kids, Disneyland and the different theme parks, dude, yeah, opening up is kind of exciting. Uh, 
a friend of mine was actually down in LA. Uh, he knows who he is and did an April Fool's joke. He stood in front of Disneyland and was like, they're open. And he was lying. Oh, that, but, that, that's messed up. But I'm excited to kind of see that and just kind of get that, that, you know, that summer vibe, if you will, of Disneyland. Yeah. I think they're opening in April, but it's like at, what is it, 15% or something? And I know initially you have to be a California resident to get tickets, but I can't imagine even with being limited, the exclusivity to California, that it's going to be easy to get your hands on those tickets initially. Sure. Like it's, but that, that actually sounds amazing. Disneyland at only 15% capacity actually sounds fantastic. Like no, the line's way shorter right. and stuff. You don't even need a fast pass or you anything. You have to get up early to get the fast pass. Yeah, I'm excited on a smaller scale. Um, I love just every once in a while going to the movie theaters, and same as you, like being a dad of small kids, having the opportunity to take them, or just you know get someone to watch the kids go out with the wife, go watch. Like I, I always enjoyed going to the occasional, occasional movie. You know, give me my my styrofoam hot dog that's been sitting under the lamp all day, and my, <laughs> my popcorn, and, and let me watch a movie. Uh, I, I welcome the opportunity to overpay to sit in a, a chair and watch a movie. Uh, I know, I know, my take on baseball is not always the greatest, but my wife would say that we, uh, she enjoys taking the kids to like River Cats games and yeah, and kind of enjoying that atmosphere, and that seems seems fun. I don't have to always watch the game because see, I always I'm, knew that Janae was a smart no, one. Janae, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she is a hundred percent a baseball fan. Matter of fact, may have had some comments as uh feedback for me regarding my baseball comments but good i serves you right i didn't listen just like i don't watch baseball good (laughs) serves you right well let's let's talk about the kings a little bit as we mentioned sitting at 22 and 27 won seven of their last three a lot of good things to talk about uh in the last 10 games uh number one of which we've been very disappointed this season in the free throw percentage, but let's talk about that first because in the last 10 games, the Kings are eighth in the NBA in free throw percentage, hitting 79.5%, almost 80% of their free throws. In yeah. The last 10 games. I mean, they're ranked in the last 10 games, they're ranked number eight in the league. Yep. And it is nice to see it there. Um, you kind of had mentioned early on that if we can get over that 80% hump, we are going to see wins coming out of it. And sure enough, we're seven and three. Close to 80%. I mean, it seems like you knew what you were talking about. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a magic number or anything, but it just seemed like teams that were hitting over 80% of their free throws were seeing some success. And and yeah, there was... I think there is definitely, there's obviously other variables and factors going along with that, but I think it was definitely a key component of this run that we've been on. I would like to see, I mean, over the last 10 games, we were getting to the, we were getting 18 fouls a game um, and we were ranked 17th. I'd like to try and see us get to the stripe a little bit more, um, especially if we're shooting at a better clip. So that, I mean, that's something we'll talk about with Fox and Buddy and, and Halliburton. Uh, Halliburton does those floaters. So I think it misses some key opportunities to make some contact to get some guys in foul trouble. But we have a lot of guys who do floaters because Fox does a lot of floaters. Um, Holmes does the little shot, put oh, shot, push Halliburton. His but those guys do get to the line a little bit. I mean, Fox is so fast. He kind of forces his way to the line. And he, Fox has been making him lately. Yeah. He's shooting like 79% over the last couple weeks or something like that. Like 78.9%. Yeah. All of a sudden he's hitting free throws. So that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And let's see the, 
Fox has been just a monster the last 10 games, like 27 points a game, five and a half rebounds, couple steals, 79% from the line, like we said. He's just having a fantastic season, still turning the ball over a little bit. Um, His efficiency the last couple games has been a little bit off. Shot five of 20 the other night in our last game, and then tonight he was, what, like shooting 35% uh, up until right now there's a couple minutes left in the game, and last we checked he was shooting 35%. So his efficiency has been a little down, but we've got to praise him for the free throws because we've been complaining about that all season long. No, and it's definitely translated to wins. Um, And and like you said, he has been really aggressive at the rim. I uh, can't even think how he's been shooting. The three seems to be dropping a whole lot more for him. I mean, except for the last two games, uh, it's been it's been nice. Yeah. What do you think about the uh, trade deadline and what Monty McNair did uh, specifically with our bench? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's worked out better than I thought it would at first. Like when you texted me that one trade, I was like, "That's it." Like, I mean. I feel like he, he didn't make any big moves. He did kind of play it safe, but I feel like they weren't bad moves. They weren't dumb moves. Like we weren't going to get, we weren't going to be worse off. And he sent out more money than he brought in, which is typically a good thing for a team in our position that still needs to rebuild and is a little bit of a smaller market. So, you know, it's not like he took on any dangerous contracts or anything yeah. like that. Um, but overall, I feel like they're not terrible moves. What, what, what are your thoughts about the moves that he made? Yeah, I mean, if you looked at just money for this year, if you think about the two million plus that the Clippers gave us uh, for Kevin Gelly, uh, that was nice. Plus, we definitely sent out more money than we got back. And the only contract that we have on past this season is Delon Wright. Uh, and for eight and a half million, I'll take Delon Wright for another year. He was a starter for the Pistons, and I mean the Pistons are probably right around where we are. No, actually, they're dead last in the East. Yeah, they're the worst team in but, the Eastern Conference. <laughs> but still, he had starter. Didn't minutes. he play for Toronto as well? I feel like yeah, he did. He's been but... a bit of a journeyman. I believe he was on the Mavericks at one point. Uh, Toronto Raptors. He's he's made his way around, but he is a defensive player. He's been aggressive on driving. I've I've been a big fan of him. Terrence Davis, I think, was the sneaky pickup. And as we're seeing in this game, you loved that pickup. Gosh, I, you know, you say what you want about the off court stuff, and I know there's some questions there on the court. I I absolutely love his game. I love the way he is in people's faces. I love how aggressive he is. I think his three point percentage has been pretty good. I mean, tonight, what's he at? Twenty one points right now. Um, hopefully we'll add a few more, but he is just aggressive. I He has been pestering players. DiVincenzo has not played as well since when he's on him. Uh, I'm, I'm just a big fan. I thought trading for, I don't think we we're even going to end up giving anything to Toronto. Toronto was trying to make that trade. They were thinking about trading Kyle Lowry to the Lakers. and They were going to take on a bunch of salaries. So they sent a couple of guys out one way. I think to free up the space and then it never ended up not happening. So I think it was a sneaky, good pickup. Ended up being almost free then. um, And kind of replacing some of the, the pesky defense that like Corey Joseph was bringing before he got shipped off and started producing it at a annoyingly high level at first for the first week over in Corey Joseph was looking like a really good bench player for the Pistons. right? Yeah. And he's getting run. Like he's been getting, I mean, maybe they're still trying to get everybody to full strength. I know they just had a, What's the rookie's name? The kid they drafted at like eighth overall. He Killian just came, Hayes. yeah, he just came back today. Was his first game. He played twenty minutes. But so I'm sure as they get him acclimated, Joseph will lose 
minutes, but he's been averaging like 24 to 26 minutes a night, I feel like, over there in Detroit and playing well. But good for him. Good yeah. for Corey. He, you know? And Corey Joseph, I may not always like his type of game, but I liked his leadership. I liked the encouragement. I liked the chemistry. I like what he brought to the team that was a lot more than there was a lot of intangibles. So yeah. I think great guy. Um, I just think for the way our team was going, we, that was a good move by Monty McNair. Monty McNair did a interview uh, with a couple of different local radio hosts. And, um, and one of the things that he said is that at the trade deadline, they were value shoppers value. They were looking for value, not necessarily like if they're going to get, he's looking for getting better right now. Um, and I love that aggressiveness and we're seeing it. I mean, the bench tonight has over 40 points. Well, what did we say in our last podcast? We weren't even over averaging over 20 points. The bench was awful last time we recorded. Yeah. So, so, and when like last night, the Lakers, I mean, our starting unit was horrendous. Um, but I think it, our bench should be able to keep us hopefully in these games. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, we were talking a little bit about defense a second ago, uh, Rashawn Holmes has been averaging over two blocks a game the last couple of weeks. Um, just, I mean, I think he's at two blocks a game on the season now too, because he has like what, three games with like five or six blocks or something like yeah, that. He gets them in um, bunches. Yeah. So, I mean, his, his defense, his presence down low. Now, unfortunately without Whiteside in the lineup, we don't really have a backup. And like you mentioned earlier that like, when we run some of these small lineups, it's like Harrison Barnes is our center yeah. or something, trying to defend people like Brooke Lopez and stuff. And so um, I feel like we need more depth, but Holmes is just, he's so good though. I, I love the defense that he's been bringing, the energy and, and everything, the efficiency, all of it. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a great point. I, I think mixed with Holmes, Halliburton moving to the starting lineup the last 10 games. Mm -hmm. I think those have definitely been some positives. Uh, areas I'd like to see us still growing. I mean, in the last 10 games, we were ranked 28th in rebounds. Still, we need Gross. to figure that out. Uh, I know That's been another one along with yeah. free throws that we've been harping it's, on. It's getting, you know, when you have 40 rebounds a game as a team, there's a lot of opportunities for offensive rebounds and things like that. Although it seems like the teams we've been playing can't miss from the three point line <laughs> recently. So maybe there's not a lot of opportunity for rebounds. The, the thing that makes rebounds so important is that it's like a net two possession swing, every rebound, because every rebound that you get, you not only give your team another opportunity to score, but that's a possession that the other team does not have. And, and, on the flip side of that coin, every rebound that you give up to the other team, you don't get a possession, but they do. And so I feel like rebounds are just so important because it's possessions, right? right. And you can't score without possessions. I think we have improved a lot on the free throws, but yeah, the rebounds being 28th in the league is just not going to get it done over the long haul. That's right. And, you know, I know we, we did pick up Chris Silva and Mo Harkless, uh, but Mo Harkless playing center is not going to work. Harrison Barnes playing no, center. Oh, he's what? Like, a, isn't Mo Harkless a small forward? Yeah. And, <laughs> but I mean, I know the Clippers used him at times as a center or power In forward. In a small lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think he could do that for us. Uh, I do like Chris Silva's game. I, you know, I only, the thing I remember about with Chris Silva is at the California Classic two years ago, he absolutely dominated out here. I know that's summer league, but. I remember just paying attention, just going, man, he could, he could play. Uh, but we just have him for the rest of this year. He hasn't seen much run. Whiteside's been injured 
I'm sore knee or, or knee issues. He had some COVID protocols before that. Um, you know, we didn't trade him, which I thought was interesting. So I thought, okay, we're going to make this playoff run, but it'll be interesting to see. What do you think about our 12 turnovers a game? I was just going to say rebounds are definitely one area where we need improvement. 12 turnovers a game, uh, which is what is that eighth? Yeah, we're ranked eighth. eighth in the last 10 games. Yeah. So that just means we're, you know, we're on the high side. Yeah, I, that's too many, I think. Um, turnovers are frustrating. And we were watching the game tonight. I feel like um, it, it's frustrating to watch bad passes. Like, and, and Drew Holiday, granted, like you're going to play good defensive players, but when you're just making dumb, careless passes, that's where I get frustrated. That's like right. when defensive players make defensive plays, like when it's Kawhi Leonard and when it's Drew Holiday making good plays, that's one thing, but don't give away turnovers. Because again, it's possessions. Turnovers like rebounds are possessions. They're giving away possessions. What the hard part too is like, you know, going into our last bad comment, it would be, and we talked a little bit about Fox being five and twenty versus the Lakers, but he only had seven points versus the Lakers. When you're turning the ball over and then you're not scoring or capitalizing on those shot like on those opens without turning the ball over, like you're just setting yourself up for a, a very deep hole to get out of. And we, we put ourselves in some holes last night against the Lakers second and third string units. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was, it was very frustrating. Um, moving on. What do you, uh, what do you think about Bagley being out these last 10 games? Oh man. So as you know, like, here's the thing. I wish Marvin Bagley the best. He seems sure. like a good kid, but I am not the biggest fan for, the fit that he has been on our team. I know. And in all fairness, I will say we probably haven't seen his peak yet. The best of what he could be if given, you know, a regular playing time over. But I think we've talked about the fact that it goes, I think it says something that Luke Walton didn't trust him to close games. I think it says something that now he consistently has been hurt every year. Um, He's unfortunately kind of getting a reputation and I, I just have to point out that I got to say it. The Kings won seven of their first eight games when he was out. Now, granted, we're seven and three now, um, but I feel like since Halliburton has come into this now, part of that could be attributed to how, like, let's give some credit to Halliburton because he's an efficient player. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's a coincidence that Bagley leaves the team and we win seven of our first eight games. I don't know. That's just, I don't know. Yeah. What, what do you think? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things, right? Like, so I think we're better. Clearly, this, the record shows it, right? Yeah. The, the data doesn't lie. However, would you be, would you like to see him in a bench role with us, though? Yeah. I mean, it, in a limited bench role. I mean, I think He's I... already getting bench minutes, but... Yeah. In the bench role with I, that second unit. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know because when he's in, it's it's what he does with the minutes that he has that bothers sure. me too. Because like you said before, he when he gets the ball, he's always looking to shoot. He doesn't play strong defense. Um, he shows flashes that kind of gets your hopes up of like, oh, maybe this we're starting to see some of the untapped potential that we drafted when we put all that capital in him and drafted him second overall a couple years ago. Who who did but, we draft him over? Oh, okay. Come on. You, <laughs> you know that like... That, we just lost three of our six. Yeah. <laughs> Luca and Ori are in the do not mention this is true. This column. Is 100%, 100%. We, you, you don't talk about Luca. You don't talk about Ori. That's right. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I, I almost feel like the Kings are just better without him. Like even in a bench role, he just, when he's in, 
Like, and I don't know, maybe his mentality would shift, but like, I could see it becoming toxic in a bench role because LeVar Ball 2.0 is just going to continue to tweet. Uh, met, did, you said he tweeted again, right? Well, it's just on, the, on the, the trade deadline date, he put up praying hands on Twitter. And I think it was only up for a few minutes, but there was enough of the writers and people that stocked that account that got it. And they, so they, somebody screenshotted yeah, it. Yeah, and they instantly put it back out. So it, he tweeted the, you're talking about the emoji, yeah, the, the praying hands, hands of hopeful, like, please trade my son. That is the, that's what everybody is, you know, of course thinking that's what he said. But the hard part is that there's that, but then there's also the pieces that he's currently away from the team. I think there's a, uh, and by choice, before, right? By choice. He's, you know, and I know he did this last year and they, they worked with his dad, I think early on with COVID, I, it didn't, those optics didn't bother me as much. Right. But the optics now are, it's not a great look. It's not, even if you wanted to be traded, let's say he, let's say he does want to be traded. Right. You would benefit by being a good team guy yeah. because other teams are looking at that. They can mm-hmm. see that. They're like, well, we don't want that in our locker room. And, he, you know, we owe him $11 million next year. So that's a concern. Let's say he doesn't want to be traded. And he's supposed to be getting reevaluated here in a week or two. Like, sit on the bench. Learn how we're incorporating these new guys that we traded for. Study the people you are going to guard on the other team because defense is definitely a liability for him. Like start learning those nuances and learn from other people. Now it just, it just, I just seem to think it like adds more to that head case to the, to the, the frustration of that. Again, we haven't seen his peak. He's I love when he, most of his interviews I've liked. The only thing I haven't liked is he hasn't flat out said like, I want to be a King. Like he's been, which is kind of an important thing. That's kind of a big deal. Um, but if you're drafted that high, you're kind of expected to be a leader. That's right. And he's not really showing leadership by not speaking up like that in interviews and by being away from the team right now. I yeah. feel like that's not great leadership on it's his just, part. It's just not a. It's just not a good look. And so hopefully he comes back, and we're both wrong, and he comes back and he plays well and helps the team. But that's. I mean, we hope for that. We don't wish any ill on the young man. No, of course we, not. I we, want him to have a good career. It's just we're just stri- strictly talking, like trying to be as bipartisan as possible, even though we're obviously huge Kings fans. Like, is he the best fit for this team? And I think based on what we've seen so far, I would lean towards no. Yeah. Um, I'm not even saying I'm right. That's just my opinion. I think a lot of people share that opinion, though. <laughs> I don't think it's just me that has that opinion. I think we're in the majority on that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want him to do well. And, and it's not like I want him to do poorly. It's just we've basically been advocating for him to get every opportunity on here. But um, he, just, he just hasn't put it together so far. And, uh, and then every time he does start to kind of get consistent looks, he gets hurt. So it looks like the Kings just made a three at the end and lost by one point. So 129 to 128, we fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, making us 22 and 28 overall, game and a half behind the Warriors. I mean, they didn't have Giannis. Um, I know, they didn't even have you. But we competed. I am not upset with games. That's true. That wasn't as bad as the Philly game where they didn't have Embiid or Simmons and we got mopped. Well, it's the Laker game yesterday. They had three starters out. And I mean, we were anywhere between 15 and 22 points down. It's terrible. It was infuriating. But I am all about if we lose, I just want to see it compete. We competed 129, 128. We were in this game the whole time. Um so what do you think about Monty McNair's decisions at the trade deadline? I mean, it looks like we're we're playing tournament or bust. 
for this year. Yeah, it's always hard to get a read on what exactly he's trying to accomplish because I think you and I and Kings fans in general have just been speculating on are we buyers? Are we sellers? Are we trying to rebuild? Are we trying to make the playoffs? And it's hard to know with the Kings because we're such a hot and cold team of momentum and where we weren't really looking like we were going to be in it last time we recorded. Now, all of a sudden, we've won some games and we're right in the thick of things for that play-in game with the new format. Um, I think the moves that he made were safe. Yep. I think that he was smart. He didn't overspend or anything like that. Like you had mentioned his approach was one to seek value. And I think that was wise of him because he was still looking to make the team better, but not at a big cost right now or not anything that's going to hinder our ability to do that. Cause I still think he considers these to be the quote unquote gap years where we're building. Um, but I think he's put us in a position where we could at least compete for that play in spot. Yeah, I think, and we talked a little bit earlier in this podcast is, is the bench unit is so much stronger than what it was. And we didn't send out a whole lot. Belly, Kojo, a couple of seconds, a couple of heavy protected seconds. Mm -hmm. um, but like our bench tonight at 49 points. I mean, that is I'll amazing. Take it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'll take it. I mean, I think I might have texted you. Or I think I even tweeted this on our Twitter account of. You know, 40 points a game is our minimum from our bench. I want to see 40 or high, higher every game. And if we do that and Fox plays the way we know he can and Buddy can chip in when he can uh, and Halliburton continues to play and Holmes is a double-double machine and I think Barnes is figuring out this four spot. I mean, last night he had, what, 26? Mm -hmm. um, this is, this is going to be... This is what this you know. This is what we're hoping for. Um, yeah, and I think that we're kind of playing a little hampered right now. Not having Whiteside is is forcing us to play smaller than we'd like to. Fox's efficiency has been off. He's usually much better than this. So I think the Kings are still overall right where they need to be. Uh, they're making free throws. They really just need to improve the rebounding. The turnovers are bad, but not like terrible. But the rebounding has been bad. Um, but I think that we're not far off from where we need to be to compete right. for that spot. If, if Fox is a little more efficient and all of a sudden we have Whiteside back in the lineup, I think we're, we're fine. Um, I, it was an interesting signing of Damon Jones. What did you think of? Um, yeah, we haven't officially signed him just yet because he's going through COVID protocols. Well, but sure, sure. We're sure, about sure. to pick yeah. him up on a 10 day. Um, you know, he just spent two back to back 10 days with the Lakers uh, you know, he averaged 5.4 points, 3.3 rebounds, and just, just about a block a game in 14 minutes. He started six of the eight games he played for them, for the Lakers. Yeah. And he's a center, right? So yeah. do you think that that is insurance policy in case Whiteside ends up m missing more time than we had initially anticipated? Yeah, I mean, I think the the question I want to ask myself is like, what is going on with Whiteside? I mean, he was out for COVID. Now I think it's sore knee, I think is what I read today. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just curious because when you sign a, a guy like Damon Jones to a 10 day contract, it at least makes you speculate. You do that for a reason, right? So it's like what's going on with Whiteside? Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay, is something else going to come out and they're going to say, Hey, we're going to shut him down for two weeks and we're going to just, you know, Damon, uh, Damon Jones. I mean, he can play. He played for the Warriors, Suns and Lakers. Um, I'd like to see it. Matu, I, I think he's played pretty well during this time. So, but rebounding, I mean, at one point tonight, I think midway through the fourth, I saw that the Bucks had almost 60 points in the paint to our, like, 30 points. So we were getting destroyed inside the paint. We need the shot blockers. Yeah. 
and Whiteside's good at that. I I just read a note that just basically lists him as day to day with a right knee issue, but they're not being very specific. Obviously, the team knows something that we don't, and maybe that's just to be safe, a better safe than sorry. It's just a ten day contract, so but it release, could just be releasing Jeffries though. Yeah, that was an interesting move to uh, to release Jeffries. Um, I know you kind of liked him. Uh, what do you think McNair was thinking with that move? <laughs> Honestly, I'm. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't really know what to make of that one. Either. Again, this is me playing uh, armchair GM. I would have rather us release Justin James. Now, Jeffries didn't get a whole lot of run. I don't think it was fair. I think he had. He there's a lot more in the tank that we didn't tap into. I know the injury hurt him a little bit, and I know this season being 72 games kind of truncated. There isn't a lot of pl- practice time. I know Walton spoke to it. Walton actually gave an inter- uh, interview before the game tonight, and I feel like he was implying that he gave his input about Jeffries, but it wasn't his decision. So this was a, a Monty McNair decision. So it'll, it'll do you be think it's just because we're a little guard heavy? Because he really wasn't getting much run. He did get 22 minutes on March 25th against the Warriors, but that was, uh, um, you know, a lot of that game was kind of a blowout before they started making a comeback. Um, You know, he only made 18 appearances. He put up 3.5 points, 1.6 rebounds. Um, So, and then, you know, we have, uh, although we did just ship out Joseph, but we still have Fox and Halliburton and Heald and Guy. You know, do you think it was just that we didn't need the extra guard and he hadn't been producing much or like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, again, it's only a 10-day contract. Like you said earlier, it could be this gap fill, right? Right. It could be just covering for Whiteside, and then we're going to look for someone else, or there's somebody else that's on Monty's mind. Or Seems like we just need a big man more than we need, a, a, like, a fifth guard or something. Maybe, right yeah, now, just to kind of help stop the bleeding right now. But Yeah, uh, so we don't have don't to keep playing Harrison Barnes at center when Holmes isn't in the game. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what we do with Woodard and Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... And Matu's only on a two-way, same with Kyle Guy, so, and they don't have to get off it, so I, I understand. Yeah. So that, I mean, those were the moves we made at the trade deadline. Um, do you think that, I mean, obviously, we'd love to see the Kings make the playoffs. Do you think we have a realistic shot here? What do you think our yeah. outlook is here for the playoffs coming up down this stretch? I mean, barring injuries for us, uh, I think we have a heck of a shot. So we have Memphis coming up twice. Yep. We have the Timberwolves. Worst team in the Western Conference. We still have to play them three times this year. The Wolves? Yep. Okay. OKC. Although, I will say the Timberwolves just got a bunch of players back from injury, or they're about to, I feel yeah. like. Oh, so I, I think uh, yeah. Towns had just under 40 tonight. Yeah, against Embiid. Yeah, he went yeah. off tonight. And he, so, but we play OKC three more, three times, and we're okay. pretty close with them as well. We and and o- Shy hasn't been playing. Uh, nope. Alexander. I think he's uh, been out. I think yeah. he's out right now. Mm-hmm. And he has they, like a uh, foot injury. And then they're benched Horford for the rest of the year. They're going to hopefully find a trade partner or a release or something for next year. So he's actually left the team. Um, but OKC, when we play them, we actually play him three times in eight days. Interesting. It's like a almost deep, like a playoff series, uh, a exactly small playoff it. series. Yeah. yeah. There's a back to back. And then I think there's like five days or so. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how we and with the ramifications being that you know we could it, it almost is like a mini playoff series for the Kings in that 
those three games could make or break our chances to be in the playoff. All three games are from May 4th to May 11th. And I think the season ends like the third week in May. So it's that, that's going to be an interesting interesting. It's going to be fun. It's nice to think it does change the dynamic when you play a team more than once and especially more than twice in a short period of time. I mean, we've seen it in the playoffs. Um, so that, that's definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, I mean, look at the Spurs game. I mean, I said it was an opportunity for us to prove where we're at. I mean, we, we beat him the first game, but we're going against a Hall of Fame coach and a good Spurs team. And they came back and just laid it on us. And I thought that's a, that was a good lesson for our team to learn, especially if we want to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So the Kings drop their third straight tonight, unfortunately. At least, the, I would say on the bright side, they look much better tonight than they have the last couple of games. Uh, taking a look at the schedule ahead, um, we just finished playing the Bucks, lost 129-128. We've got the... Uh, 12 and 38 Timberwolves, who are last in the Western Conference, and then the the Pistons, who are 14 and 35 at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Utah Jazz, that's a tough one. 37 and 11, sitting atop the West, and then the Pelicans are always a tough game. So there's a couple trap games in there, though, because while the T Wolves and Pistons are at the bottom of their respective conferences, Minnesota uh, has the ability to play well. They're not getting blown out in some of these games. They're losing, but they're not getting blown out. They're getting a lot of people back. Towns is finally getting a rhythm going. Um, Edwards is looking really good. They're starting to get some guys back. So, I mean, I feel like, and and these teams, some of these teams have nothing to lose, and they're going to start playing some of their young upside guys. Um, I don't know. Like, do you feel like winning three of these four is possible? Like, can we beat Minnesota, Detroit, and the Pelicans and maybe just take a loss to the Jazz? Like, what, what do you think is the, um, the goal here? I, you got to at least split these four, right? You got to at least go two and two. Um, I would think that you have to take advantage of the two games against the bottom teams of each conference. But I feel like, I mean, if you think about the next four, you got to go, you got to go three, three and one. You think so? Yeah. And, and that is, betting on just yourself. I mean, we hope that, you know, uh, the Warriors drop, the Spurs drop. There's a, you know, a couple That's of true. Like That's that. a good point because we aren't like the five seed where we can just tread water and hang on to our playoff spot. We need to start gaining ground on some of these teams yep. if we're going to make the play in. And so, and um, I think over the, you know, the seven of the eight that we won, a lot of those teams that were kind of above us, they were losing. So it was kind of a, a double, a win-win for us. And so we almost need that to happen again. Uh, but teams, you know, they, the Warriors aren't going to continue to lose. Steph is back, um, so they're going to they're going to be a tough go. Uh, but they got absolutely demolished yesterday. So. Yeah, the Warriors did. The, we, yesterday was not their best day. We have another game coming up with them uh, in a few weeks, so that'll be good. And but, this time they'll have Steph probably right. Yeah, so Steph will Steph. Will that be definitely there. changes things. Yeah, but that's going to be an important one for us uh, with direct implications on on where we stand in the playoffs. I'm also excited about next week. So when we play the T-Wolves on Monday, we don't play again until Thursday. So there's two days there. So an off day and a good practice day. Okay. So hopefully by, you know, we're getting ready for the Pistons and also having maybe Dur- Whiteside will be back after that. Yeah. Um, well, and even if Darrell Wright, I do worry about us not having deep uh, front court right now because Carl Anthony Towns, is he's a strong man and Holmes is good, but Holmes gets into foul trouble and if Holmes gets into foul trouble. Who's even guarding? even their backup Reed is really yeah. good too. They have they have good big men on that team, so at least some talent for sure. Well, yeah, we'll see what happens. It'd be nice if we could take three of these next four. Uh, at least I would say two is the bare minimum. We need two, to win yeah. two. We probably should win three. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Utah. That's going to be a tough game. But anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? That Harrison Barnes shot was amazing. Where Hawks oh. threw it out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. No time left against Dude, the Cavs. That, oh, man. I ran. I ran around my house, and the, the almost one-year-old almost woke up. It was, it was, it was a glorious moment. Oh, that, that almost would have been worth the wrath that you would have most definitely suffered from your wife had you woken I up. I may have <laughs> suffered a little bit of wrath, but she, she understands the fandom and supports me in those That's moments. Good. Once you DVR it and you play it back for seven times to say, did you see that? Did you see that pass? Yeah. Fox was QB one. Uh, it was great. It was wonderful. Nice. All right. Well, where are we, where are we at on Twitter? You've been active on there. The Kings lab at the Kings. Lab. Definitely tweet us, send us messages. We try to respond as much as we can. Gotten some spirited debates with some fans of Alonzo ball versus De'Aaron Fox. And once I realized he was Alonzo ball fan, I had to just, all right, he's not going to listen to stats, but yeah. that's, cool. <laughs> but no, it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun enjoying. Tell a lot him that of facts don't care about his feelings. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, no Fox given. <laughs> yeah, zero Fox given. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then, uh, please continue to follow us, um, subscribe and leave reviews. We're on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, and a lot of the other apps where you can listen to podcasts and that's all we have for this time until next time he's kevin i'm matt we're the king's lab podcast